Welcome to Why Logosynthesis Works, a podcast that explores the transformative power of logosynthesis. I'm your host, Kathy Caswell, a master practitioner in logosynthesis. And in each episode, I'll be talking with a professional therapist, counselor, or coach who has experienced the profound benefits of using this model in their own life and in the lives of their clients. Join us as we explore the reasons why logosynthesis works and discover how it can benefit your own healing and personal growth to unlock your potential in work and in life. Coaches, counselors, and therapists understand the importance of a strong working alliance between a guide and a client. And so I'm delighted to be joined by Annie Reynolds from Brisbane, Australia, and Kate Strong from Christchurch, New Zealand, as they share their experience in the guide-client relationship using logosynthesis. Welcome, Annie and Kate. Thank you. So Annie Reynolds has enjoyed being a counselor and a psychotherapist for over 30 years. She is a certified master practitioner in logosynthesis. Her joy is to help people free themselves into living an authentic life of joy, purpose, and connection. Her other joy is creating artworks that inspire people to have an experience that is beyond words. Annie works intuitively and holistically on many levels within a therapeutic relationship, which allows real, deep, and lasting healing to begin. Many of her clients identify as sensitive, empathic, and self-aware, and in addition, they often have complex and long-standing health issues. The main modality she uses is logosynthesis because it dissolves or reduces issues rapidly. And this effectively and simply heals without re-traumatization, allowing people to feel connected to a deeper part of themselves beyond the issues. So maybe you can say hi for a moment, Annie. Yeah, hi. Thank you very much for interviewing me. Yeah. Great. So Kate Strong, Kate Strong works as an intuitive healer online, helping people to clear blocks to health, wealth, and peace, and where she also has a blog. She is passionate about personal growth and extremely passionate about exploring her inner life to the full. She loves energy healing and especially logosynthesis. She loves to read, learn piano, do yoga, and spend time with her two-year-old grandson. Kate has been a client of Annie since 2018, and today both Kate and Annie are with us to share about their work together. Thank you. Maybe you could say hi as well, Kate. Yeah, hi to everyone, and it's great to be here. Thank you. To begin, Annie, maybe you can tell us about your introduction to logosynthesis and what initially attracted you to train in this model. Yes, I'd love to. Um, well, it started with my husband. I met him in March 2013. His name's Damien Burrell. He's a psychologist and told me about this amazing new therapy he wrote in Canada and Switzerland. Immediately, I just seemed to know how it could work. Maybe from all the years I've spent studying energy, quantum physics, spirituality, mind, body connection, personal growth. When I saw 
oh, I really want to know more about this. And David gave me one of Willem Lammer's books, Phrases to Freedom, an early book that Willem wrote. And I immediately began to apply logosynthesis on my own issues. I just found it incredible compared to everything else that I'd used. And issues I'd been working on for years just seemed to evaporate. And after about four months of using it daily on myself, I began to use it in my counselling practice. Awesome. Yeah, that Phrases to Freedom book was such a great book. And I think it was probably his first book on the topic of logosynthesis. And and now just recently, Willem came out with the Discovered Logosynthesis, which is a kind of an evolution of that uh, work. And so it certainly helps people to to get an introduction and start working with logosynthesis right away. So Kate, you are an intuitive healer and well-versed in the power of body, mind, and spirit. So can you tell us how you were introduced to logosynthesis and what encouraged you to seek support from Annie to guide your personal work? Yeah, sure. Um, I was in a group with um, an EFT coach and he had a podcast and he interviewed Willem and I was just captivated by it. So I contacted Willem and while I was waiting for her, his reply, which funnily enough, he didn't get the email. So it was all perfect. Um, I had a look at the practitioners um, on the website and contacted a few. And then I um, just emailed Annie because she was in Australia and yeah, the rest was history. <laughs> um, so I, my initial reason for exploring logosynthesis was I was really frozen in PTSD and um, it kind of had a, and it was doing quite well with EFT, but I was um, when I heard Willem talking, I was like, I've got to try this. So, yeah, so that's why I um, saw Annie out. Awesome. Great. So logosynthesis, as you mentioned, is a model for healing and development, and the healing process can activate frozen reactions. And so that is distressing thoughts, emotions, and also those distressing physical sensations, which can be quite scary for, for especially relating to trauma. And when activated, the, the trigger, the frozen perception, which is in the form of a sensory perception, sounds and images, it can be re, uh, located and resolved using logosynthesis. So Annie, can you speak to why creating a strong working relationship with your client is so important? when working with these frozen perceptions and frozen reactions and, and how you create that safe space. Yes, certainly. You're right. It is very, very important to have that strong relationship. And so the way that I do this is before a session starts, I really center myself. I get into my heart, I breathe in my heart. I go into a little meditation. And I imagine the other person being guided as well. We're both guided, it's both for our highest good. So I'm sort of setting it up before I can see that person. The first session is free. And in that session, we don't do logosynthesis, we're building a rapport. 
we're getting to know each other and finding out what their concerns are, where they're at in the healing journey, where they want to go, what sort of therapy they've had before, what their sort of beliefs are, spiritual religious, just so that I could know how to work with them. And um, I hold the space, which means that if you imagine an invisible pair of arms coming out to just hold you with love so that you start to feel really safe. And that's what I'm doing by holding space. And then in the next session, um, we start we start doing some work because there's some trust built. I also use quite a bit of humor just to keep things light where it's appropriate and to really engage with that person. I'm just tugging myself and just reaching out to them. Um, and then I'm listening very carefully to their concerns. I'm using my intuition. I'm using a very deep part of my mind to work out what is going on here. What are the patterns here? What is he or she really saying? What's going on here? So there's a lot of things that comes into it to build that strong relationship. But once it's there, the person can feel safe enough to really start to let go on a deep level. And also to get past the shame of talking about some of the things that have happened to them. If somebody's had a lot of sexual abuse from their parent or whatever it is, they can start, they can feel okay to tell me, I feel safe. So, yeah. Great. Yeah. And so, Kate, from the position of being a client and, and working through, you mentioned that you had some PTSD issues that you worked through. Can you? maybe describe what it feels like when frozen reactions are activated and what it means to have Annie there holding that space for you, maybe even with an example that you might want to share. Yeah, sure. Um, exactly what Annie described is exactly how I feel um, in the session. Um, I just feel really safe and I feel really safe with Annie. And I did from really early on which is why I, you know, I'm still a client. Um, I was, I'm pretty good at going into my head. So Annie's really good at getting me into my body and, you know, where do I feel that? And, um, and in particular around the earthquake trauma, you know, from living in Christchurch, um, I really was really scared to go into all that. Um, so, you know, over the sessions, we kind of chip away at it and Annie lets me kind of just guide where I want to go with the session. Um, and I'll come back to the earthquakes and I'll come back. Um, yeah, so one of the examples I think where logosynthesis really worked well for me was I was too scared to drive my car. I just was... Um, to do with the earthquake, I just didn't want to be out in Christchurch. I didn't want to be driving. There were lots of memories attached to driving in my car. So Annie worked with me to even just sit there in my lounge looking at the car on the road. And then we worked on imagining that I go and touch the car door. And... And then sure enough, I was off driving not too long after that and sold my car and bought another one. And now it's, you know, I'm, I'm 
I'm driving on the like the freeway. So, so um, the earthquake that you're referencing was that like the Christ Christchurch earthquakes of 2011? Like, is that the time frame? Um, 2010 to to about. I mean, we we get them. Um, we get them all the time, you know. But say maybe now it might be one every two or three months. But back then it was daily. So for three years there was something like fifteen thousand earthquakes. Oh so I was just, um, I was just frozen. I didn't want to, you know. I kind of didn't want to go out and, um, yeah, lots of earthquake memories. And so that was with you from like 2010, 2011 until, because you started yeah. seeing Annie around 2018. Like, so what, what do you notice kind of shifted from the years prior to working on I'd, those I'd, memories? I'd used EFT with an EFT practitioner and I just still, I just still couldn't feel safe. You know, I, I didn't feel safe going into um, shops. I just, um, I was doing tapping and I just, nothing was really helping. I just couldn't comprehend how I could feel safe. It just, nothing shifted it really. And then it was like, and, and it was really stressful to even face the memories, you know, like my adrenals would rev up and, um, yes, yeah, so there was a sense that I didn't want to relax and then lose my awareness about, are we going to have another earthquake? You know, I, I needed to be prepared, but I think, um, I think we just, you know, cause the other thing about the earthquakes is it's attached to every part of your life, you know, cause every part of your life, there was an earthquake. So, you know, so it was, you know, like just your daily life. Um, so, yeah, the logosynthesis really um, shifted it like nothing had before. Yeah, and if you think about it um, with an experience of the earthquakes, you would have the the memories of the past experiences. You would yeah. have some beliefs tied in there. And then also in logosynthesis, we talk about fantasies or those you know what if scenarios and we fantasize about you know the worst thing that could happen and and you know those combinations can really freeze us from moving forward and and take us right back to the initial yeah so yeah, yeah and I have had enough memories to kind of cover all bases as well um so wow yeah it, wow. it um I mean, we've still got earthquakes now, and I know they're going to happen. Um, but, and I still have, you know, like, oh, oh, gosh, you know, I'm standing in the shower. What if we have an earthquake? Um, but I just don't have the response like I used to where I'd just be completely frozen. You know, I can, I can just carry on. It's just a thought. Yeah, so it's kind of that survival instinct, right, versus being able yeah. to like come out with a rational thought on it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's a really good example, actually. Thank you for sharing that. So Annie, when, 
when the frozen perception or the trigger is resolved, the relief can be immediate. And yet at times it can activate a, a deeper layer of something that's there, something that we hadn't even been aware of before. So can you maybe describe how this might show up in your work with clients? Yes. In a session, I try not to do a lot of talking. I let the client talk, but I move it along so we can start the sentences in about 20 minutes or about 30 minutes into an hour session so that that gives room if something deeper does come up that we can do more lots of sentences to work on it. Kate is very good at processing the sentence. She's experienced with it. She's brain shielded. She knows what's been cleared and what's left to clear and what's come up to clearing. And when we work together collaborate on what's ready to be healed next, I never leave a client sort of really activated, like, you know, oh, time's up now. <laughs> so I'm very careful to make sure that we finish when they're feeling settled within themselves. And then we might say, well, how about we look at that next time? So that's, that's kind of how it works. Yeah, because a lot of times with the logosynthesis process, when we start activating those thoughts, emotions, and physical sensations, that's activating the energetic level. So we right. kind of kick into more of, a, you know, whether it's irrational, but we're out of that cognitive mode. And so quite often coming out of the session, we want to make sure that we're engaged back into that cognitive mode, that our rational mind is is looking at the, sen at the situation as we get to that story. Yes, that's right. And I will say to them um, about the need to just be gentle and nurture themselves, drink water, sleep more. Um, and then I also offer um, in between sessions, people can message me um, or email me just for that sort of in between support if they did to. Yeah. It, usually they don't need to, but they do like to share insights. Yes. Yeah, because quite often you can notice interesting shifts in between sessions, right? Do you have any interesting shifts that kind of stick with you, Kate? Um, yeah, you, the interesting ones I usually email any <laughs> and um, and share. Yeah. Yeah. Often, um, often I notice usually within the first couple of hours afterwards that something has shifted and, you know, there've been some kind of shift in the actual environment, you know, like somebody might come or someone might say something or I get a phone call. So there's, you know, I'm like, oh, wow, look at that shift and I'll email Annie. Yeah, it's nice. And then that, that kind of sets it up again for the next time, right? Because when something is resolved and it doesn't bother us anymore. Then the next time yeah. around, we kind of notice, okay, what's bothering me now? And yeah, yeah, kind of. One of the main memories I had that would just be reoccurring was I lived across the road from school. So it's called a primary school here. So I think it would be called an elementary school in the US. Um, and we had the big earthquake and the kids were screaming. And screaming, 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 come out. It's just like that. Just wanted me, all those little kids, you know, terrified, knowing what, what to do. Um, and I tried 
tapping on that. I tried, you know, I just couldn't shift it. And logosynthesis shifted it. It just, um, you know, it just kind of gets down and it cleans it out. And even though I'm remembering it, I'm not reliving it. I think that's the big thing that I find with logosynthesis is, you know, I'm not disassociating and witnessing from this detached place. I'm, and I'm not in the trauma, reliving it, having, um, you know, just gone over it. It's like I can see it and it just moves out. It moves along. Yes, so would so that, that memory of the school children screaming, would that have been with you for months or years or? Years. 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 Yeah. It um, was 2011 when we had the 6.3 um, that killed 185 people in Christchurch. Um, yeah, that was the one that was really, um, it, apparently it was the, uh, highest velocity of up and down movement um, of any earthquake that we anyone had experienced. Like it threw me, I was sitting on the bed and it threw me on the floor and I've still got the scar on my knee from where it flew, threw me on the floor. You just couldn't move. Um, yes, yeah, so those, you know, and hearing those kids. Yeah. And so the way Willem often explains it is that you know, the, those memories, the sound of the screaming kids or the, you know, even the contact of the floor, like that whole memory of that experience that gets frozen as a perception. Yeah. And then each time it gets activated, it takes us right back to the event. And we experience yeah. it the same way as we did in that moment. Yeah. And so yeah. when the words shift the memory, then there's nothing to trigger that yeah. action again. And so, again, we do still remember the event. We can't change what happened, but it doesn't yeah. strong response. It's interesting because I took my son to the dentist yesterday and I didn't think anything of it. It's just another thing to have to do. Um, you know, he's being sedated, having dental work. And that was one of my traumatizing memories as well was during that time, the earthquakes, I had to take him to, uh, to the den another dentist and it was upstairs and I was too terrified to walk upstairs. I just sat on the bottom step, phoned the dentist and said, I'm at the bottom of the stairs. Can you just lead him out when when he's ready because I'm too scared to go upstairs you know it's yeah yeah and for most of us if we think of an earthquake or a traumatic event there's like one event but for you in mm. Christchurch there's yeah. so many right yeah yeah exactly so many yeah mm. and there's so many people that are probably feeling very similar to how you're really? feeling and struggling how to resolve it, right? Like how to move on with their life. Yeah, totally. I mean, I've heard of pe people who still have their children line up their shoes close to the bed in case they have to jump up at night. Um, 
I remember sleeping with my feet out of the bed in case I had to get up and run. You know, it was just all those things that you had, to, I just had to unwind from, but you know, not everyone will have unwound from it. Yeah. It's kind of stuck in that past, eh? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Thank you for, yeah. And so Annie, like from, from your perspective, kind of guiding Kate through some processing, some of that earthquake, um, trauma, can you like, what did you learn from that? Well, I learned a lot about the, about the trauma responses and how they live in the body, in the cells, how important it was to locate where it was in the body. It seemed to be quite key. Um, and we would just take a small thing, like one aspect of it, and we'd work on that, but then it would clear up a whole lot of other stuff as well. Interesting. Yeah, something that you can't control. You can't control the outcome. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. All happens as it's meant to happen and in the right sequence. Just adding to that, I'm just thinking, um, you know, Anna could have sat there as a therapist and been like, you're safe, Kate, you know, you're safe. Um, you know, she could have talked me through um, that, but it just wouldn't, it might have been a salve in the moment, you know, it might have made me feel good and I would have felt maybe... Um, you know, Annie was caring or whatever, but it just wouldn't have gone into those places that it needed. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I agree because um, I've seen a lot of a lot of clients over a lot of years, and um, they've had a lot of therapy, a lot of talking therapy, and I say, yes, what do you think? You've got great insight into it but you've still got it yeah <laughs> and yeah. Uh, with uh with logosynthesis it gets rid of the it it reduces yeah 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 and that's why i've had a lot of therapy and nothing worked because i'm really intuitive and i can understand it but it's still in my body you know, it just hadn't shifted. Yes. Yeah, some logosynthesis detoxes it from our bodies, removes it. Yeah, and it's really working with the the thoughts, emotions, and physical sensations, right? It's not just working at a cognitive level to, mm -hmm. to resolve yeah. the trigger, because a lot of times we can't even guess it, like... I'm always curious when we start going into working on a topic and someone says, I know exactly what it is that's bothering me. And then we go mm -hmm. through um, identifying it and at an energetic level, that trigger is something that, you know, nine times out of 10, there's a lot of surprise that that something could, could a memory or a belief or a fantasy could actually trigger that response. Yeah, totally. I mean, I it's always a laugh with Annie when I'm like, 
oh, well, that wasn't at all what I thought, you know, what I was saying it was, you know, if I'm bothered about something, oh, the, the core of it wasn't even about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But cognitively, we can't really get to the core. Yeah, totally. But the Logos just takes you on that journey into, into where it is. So, Annie, you and Kate aren't even in the same country, and yet you've worked together for quite some time now. And um, is it challenging to support that working alliance online? And and maybe if you could kind of give us a bit of an insight in the difference between in-person and online. Yeah, I really love this question when people ask this. Um, so I've been working online for uh, four years now, and I really prefer this way of working. Uh, if you both sit behind a computer like we are now, then you have quite close eye contact, far closer than you would in person. It would feel too invasive if you were this close in person. And also, um, from an energetic perspective, our hearts are lined up, right? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and an open heart and an open mind can help the client's heart and mind to feel open and safe as well. And when I'm actually doing the sentences and the person's processing, I look away just to allow them that sort of privacy. And I'm, I'm checking in to make sure they're okay, but I'm looking away. Um, some, many of my clients have quite bad social anxiety and they aren't comfortable coming to counseling in a room, in a building. They don't want anyone to see them, especially going into a place like that. Um, so they, they're at home. They can go to the toilet, get a drink. They're in their favorite chair. They're often in bed. They're in their car if they want to feel really uh, tired. And I, I don't mind what they do. The main thing is that they feel safe and comfortable. Um, so I really like connecting with clients from around the world, from around Australia. Love being part of their journey and love seeing people heal and develop. And it's just the most beautiful thing for me to connect in this way. And they seem to enjoy it as well. I have a lot of clients um, in Europe and they just love Australia <laughs> because they visited here um, and they, they enjoy doing that. Yeah. And so, Kate, from your experience on on online, can you maybe describe a little bit how you find the the online work compared to in person? I think the thing that I get out of um, having sessions online is you've got the whole world of selection of therapists. You know, like I don't have to. Um, it's so convenient, and it's. Um, I just get a good selection. Yeah. And, um, and as far as processing and that, you can get the depth of work that... that yeah, that I think so. I think um, I think it's about safety, you know. It doesn't matter whether I'm in a room with someone or... Actually, you know, if I think about the sessions I've had just to, with therapy and in a room with someone... I feel safer online because I've got a sense of myself, you know, I'm, um, I'm not thinking, oh God, I've got to drive across town now, you know, I better not go into that. So, you know, I'm, 
I'm always kind of making sure that I'm going to keep it together in order to drive home. So, you know, I'm just not, I don't let go the same in a situation um, in person, I think. And I've had lots of different types of therapy in person. Um, I just find, I, I think the thing online though is you just get such a great selection of therapists worldwide. You know, yeah. Yeah. There's lots of different uh, aspects to it, isn't it? And I hadn't really thought of that one, but it's certainly, it's certainly true. Yeah. Yeah. So Annie, you once shared, um, you once shared that a quote that I have here is, I can say that using the sentences has deep cleaned my life, and that is no small thing. I use logosynthesis with clients as a deep clean in their lives as well. I haven't found any therapy that works like logosynthesis does in love, awe, and gratitude. So for someone not familiar with logosynthesis, can you elaborate a little on this statement about the deep cleaning? Yes, sure. Willem Lamo, the founder, has said that logosynthesis is like a toothbrush for the soul. I really like that analogy, and I realized that this therapy was cleaning up everything in my past, everything on a deep, deep level, just anything at all that was holding me back, that was bothering me, that I wasn't, that wasn't resolved in my mind, um, that was still triggering me. And I see this in my clients as well as they keep on working, depending on how far they want to go. It's up to them. A lot of people are on the path of growth and transformation, so they just like to keep going. Um, patterns of avoidance disappear, depression, anxiety, the addictions drop away, new ways of being come in, relationships improve, sometimes quite miraculously. Um, gratitude and love increase, happiness grows. I'm just in awe of this process and the power of these sentences to transform so that there's just nothing in the way of your, and your energy's flowing and there's joy. Yeah, and I think quite often we think about, you know, going for support and going for help is um, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Or, you know, at what point are we, at what point do we need help? And and it is all a continuum, isn't it? So we start with the, the things that are maybe the most distressing that are getting in the way of, of what we want to do. And um, as we peel away the layers, it does, it kind of goes across that spectrum of healing into personal growth and development. And it, it, it's always the same three sentences. It's always the same uh, model that supports it. So it becomes very much a flowing process for us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So Kate, do you have anything to add to this from your perspective about the deep cleaning, you know? knowing that you have tried a lot of different models and that there's a lot of different models to choose from. Can you describe what makes logosynthesis powerful for you? Um, something I've just noticed as we were talking is in logosynthesis, I haven't had the depth of emotion that I, um, emotional turmoil that I would have had in therapy or EFT. Like, I've probably only cried a few times with Annie, but you know, I would have 
with other therapies, I would have just been bawling all the time. So I feel like my emotions have been washed as well. You know, just, um, yeah. And be a little I'm, more grounded or. Yeah, I think it's that, um, you know, perhaps maybe I felt I had to work through the emotions in therapy. Whereas this feels like um, the emotions are cleared for me. So it's not that I'm not feeling. Um, generally, when I start a session, I've got the fear, the frozen fear that I'm needing to release. So I think that's, um, you know, I don't feel as if I have to go into the fear and stay there and, you know, remember all these terrible things. I'm remembering them and I'm aware of the frozenness. But it is like deep washing. I feel as if, you know, I can feel the memories lifting off me. Um, and I love how spiritual that is because I feel like I'm, even though I'm feeling it, I'm still witnessing it and it's releasing. Um, so it's, you know, part of the letting go. And I just love the process of all oh, what depth am I going to go to? What's going to be shown to me? You know, like I might start off, well, here's this memory or this is what's bothering me. And, um, you know, it might take me to an issue that's maybe deeper than the earthquakes. Or I had an issue that the earthquakes were kind of um, tangled up in it. So I'm having to kind of release both. Um yeah. So. Yeah, because not everybody would respond the same way to the earthquakes, right? So not everybody yeah. would have yeah. the fear of getting into the cur after the earthquake. Yeah. So yeah, we totally. have our own unique responses. And what's, yes. what's nice about the locosynthesis is that, you know, we don't necessarily even know what that trigger, what our unique trigger is. Yeah. The process okay. guides us to find it and and get it and resolve it, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's um I I really didn't expect to work through so much of the PTS symptoms with logosynthesis in such a short time. I mean, you know, now I can go and do back to back things. I'm not just bracing myself to do one thing in the day and then I'm shattered. You know, I, I'm, I still don't feel that um, I'm through all the earthquake stuff. Um, but, you know, I can function and I can do things on back to back. Um, and I really don't think I could have got there this fast. Yeah, and a lot of times say we look for you know, the sustainable results we want to, you know, if we look at what the goals of the of the work with logosynthesis is, as with any type of uh, coaching or counseling, um, the goal is kind of to relieve the symptoms, to be able to yeah. action in their everyday life and, and to have sustained lasting results. And, and yes, yeah, be more layers to it, but at least we're progressing yeah, I think the thing is, is it got me to functioning really fast. I mean, you know, if I take the car incident, um, you know, example, the, um, the fact that 
I just was terrified to drive. And, you know, after one session, you know, I can get in the car and I'm like, oh, took a video. I'm driving along. I take a video. Look, Annie, I'm driving. What's, wow. um, yeah. So it's whatever you're working through, I find it just relates to practical things. You know, I can just then, um, you know, I'm not having to force myself um, to go and confront things. It's just, it has a flow on effect to how I'm living in the world. Nick. So Annie, do you have anything to add to that? Well, you know, something that comes to mind is um, when I see, um, well, first of all, that was, that was beautiful what happened with Kate. It's just beautiful. Yeah, what came to my mind was um, I've had clients come to me in such terrible distress over something or other that's really going on for now. And it's the first time when we use logosynthesis and I see the smile coming on their face while we're doing the sentences. And then afterwards, they almost can't talk because they're just feeling this peace that perhaps they'd never felt in that whole lot. It's... And this presence, although they wouldn't know what that was. And the, the drama's just gone. It's just gone. And that's what's all, that's what I feel in aura. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that a lot from people who, who work with logosynthesis. Yeah. So, Annie, what key message would you like to share about logosynthesis with people who are looking at their professional training in this model? in order to support others in their journey for healing and development? Yes, well, first of all, the Logo Synthesis community is phenomenal and very, very supportive online and in person. Um, I've made so many good friends through Logo Synthesis because you have some of the best therapists, brightest minds, and people coming together to learn. It's just, it's just incredible. And for those who would like to train, just know that you will be supported every step of the way. I think just about everything can be done online now. So it doesn't matter where you are. I had to travel all the way to Europe four years in a row. <laughs> you don't have to do that now. Um, secondly, it's very important you keep doing your own work on yourself. You may have heard that saying that you can't take people where you haven't been yourself. It's very true. So you can't go in there expecting, no, I'm just going to do it on my clients and not on myself. No, like I've seen, this isn't about that. Um, thirdly, most clients really, really love this way of working because it's, as Kate was describing, it's simple, it's gentle, it's non-traumatizing, yet it's very powerful in its effectiveness, reaching down to the deepest levels of your being where it needs healing. And last but not least, the work isn't being done by me or by the client. It's done at a higher level of awareness that we don't ordinarily have access to. It's beyond the thoughts. In Logo Synthesis, this is called essence. It's a beautiful word that describes what some might call the true self, the highest self, the soul, source, or God. It's done at that level because if we could fix it with our minds, we would have. But it's our minds that have got us into trouble in the first place. 
<laughs> but we have to go beyond that. And this is where the, the words come in. Yeah, that was beautifully said. Thank you, Annie. And Kate, would you like to share maybe from your perspective, if you were speaking to people that are looking for support in their own personal healing and development journey, um, what message would you have for them about using logosynthesis? Um, yeah, give it a go. I think the biggest thing for me is it's like Annie said, it's gentle. You know, you're not going in for a session and coming away more traumatized than when you went in, you know, with other baggage because, you know, you're, you're just in so much pain. It's really gentle. It's, um, it's so transformative so fast that's what gets me um and i love the spiritual aspect i really love um you know just the depths of um you know like i might present with fears and phobias but there's a there's a depth to it that i come away with like a deeper understanding about myself yeah and you share about um, intuitive healing and energy work and uh, and a, uh, a lot of material online. So how can people get in touch with you to see see what you're sharing with uh, with the world? Um, yeah, my website is katestrong.com. So I've, I've got all my services there and my blog. Awesome. Awesome. And Anthony, how can people get in touch with you? Okay, well, I've got a Facebook page, which is Annie Reynolds Counseling and Psychotherapy. Um, the Annie is uh, has an I on the end. It has no E. <laughs> and also counseling is spelled differently in America to where it is here. Okay. So, yeah, we can put the link in the... I think... But, in the... Yeah, in, right? yeah. I have an email as well, Annie Reynolds Counseling at gmail.com. So... Great. Uh, is good. There's also the um, International Directory on the Logosynthesis website. Great. Logosynthesis.international. Correct. That's right. And uh, people can um, people can choose if they're watching, if they're drawn to one that. Yeah. Great. So, Kate, do you have any last words you want to share with us? Um, no. Hey, this was lovely to have this chat. Yeah, I really appreciate it. So thank you. And what about you, Amy? Oh, uh, I just, I just love logosynthesis. <laughs> yeah. I love working with Kate. Uh, I love working with all of my clients. And um, I'm just uh, very happy to do this interview. If this helps people to understand logosynthesis a bit more, that's terrific. And thank you so much, Kathy. And I think it certainly does help people to understand what's possible. And, and Kate, thank you so much for sharing this from the perspective of a client and Annie as the perspective of the guide, because it really is that relationship and that makes things work so well. And, um, and this just, it's a beautiful, from what we can see in this interview, you have a beautiful working relationship as well. So often I know people might be hesitant to revisit their past experiences and you've kind of given us, both of you have given us an idea that we don't 
need to remain stuck in that past. And with support, we can heal and we can support our personal growth. Um, so it's very, to me, that's very inspiring. And I know so many people who can benefit from, from this knowledge. So thank you both so much for sharing your experiences. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Why Logosynthesis Works. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights into the power of logosynthesis. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and join us next time as we continue to explore the transformative potential of this innovative approach to personal growth and emotional healing so that you can unlock your potential in work and in life.